road. I was worried. Uh, to the to the airport. Thank you. Why are we? Why are we doing? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Hey, what do you mean, truck? Go around it. Tell them to move. Tell them you have WWE superstars in your limo. Strowman stalking Miz. And now from behind it's Axel. And Dallas, the Miz oh, Taraj. Wow. And Strowman unloading. And Miz gonna go for a ride. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Strowman heading over here. Braun Strowman. Oh, Strowman, the monster of my man is back with a vengeance! Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It's called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again is your friend and mine. You know him, you love him, the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. They know me, they don't love me. Justin, I'm having a terrible week. I'm, I'm doing poorly over here. I need this podcast to be a, a bit of escapism for me this week. I'm really? doing awful. Yeah, I'm doing terribly. You feel like the people don't love you. Well, that isn't why I'm doing terribly, but yeah, they prefer you. This is very clear. I don't think that's true at I, all. I think it's 100% clear. I'm out here saying wild joke. They hate that I don't like Seth Rollins. I guess. They, they hey, hate. last week there was a momentous occasion during the episode when we were talking about Finn Balor. Go ahead. You admitted when I brought up the... Finn Balor, Seth Rollins match at yeah. SummerSlam. You said that Seth Rollins is great, and that uh, you do acknowledge that he is very, very talented. Which Justin, I think is the first time in the duration of our friendship that you've ever done that before. Seth Rollins in ring cannot be questioned, except for that Triple H match at Mania where his knee hurts, but he keeps going for Falcon arrows and flying knees. That's ridiculous and like very poor selling. In general, I like Seth Rollins in ring. It's very good. It's very sound. I like his selling. He takes stuff in great ways. But, but I mean, who do you think has more charisma, Cesaro or Seth Rollins? Uh, well, like in the ring or on the mic? Who has more charisma? Just in, as a general as a general state. Okay, well, I think Cesaro probably has more charisma than most people because he's one of the only people whose actual in-ring work makes me invested in them and not like any 
exterior character reasons. That's not charisma. Yes, though. it is. That's storytelling. That's, no, in the that red. is pure charisma. Pure You're not helping like, my terrible that is week. Like, I I cannot take my eyes off of him. How is that not charisma? Well, I'm taking my eyes off all kinds of things, Cesaro included, because <laughs> that charisma is a boom. All right. Well, clearly Seth is better on the mic. I, I think, agree. But Seth is one of the, like the best people on the mic. I oh, think. Stop. Seth is one of the best people on the mic. Well, he's taking some time to find his <laughs> baby face footing, maybe. But yeah, maybe. When he was a heel and he was anchoring Raw every single night, yeah. I, yeah, I know the you worst ha- era of Raw you, ever. I know you hated that whole thing. I thought it was great. <laughs> That's good. And I've said it many times on this show. When he wasn't on the show to hold it down at the beginning of uh, you know and yeah, do all yeah. the things that people complained about the show was way worse yeah no so question no question clearly he do you brought want to dig something into this? to the table we can dig into I mean, this we've, i feel like we've done this before okay this is all i'll say is it well sucked because territory. they made roman reigns do the seth rollins character all of a sudden he was against the authority all this kind of thing yeah very yeah. bad time in raw history yes i guess i mean yeah it also was just like Putting Seamus in the Seth spot really showed how fucking great <laughs> Seth actually was. Okay, we can agree to that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time tuning into Top Marks, thank you so much for listening. Hello and I love you. Uh, Justin, we should, maybe we should explain the format of the show. Every show someone's first time, right? Yeah, I think so. So every week, Justin Morissette and I go over the one, two, three biggest topics in the world of wrestling for no longer than 15 minutes, which is the, uh, the length of what, Justin? A WCW television title match. I have to agree with you that it is. We go over these three topics, we talk about them for 15 minutes, and then we move on. We play some games in between the rounds, we take some listener questions, and the kids go home happy. Would you say that's about accurate, Justin? Oh, the kids are always going home happy. <laughs> I agree. Justin, would you like me to tell you what the three rounds this week are about? Um, yes, I would love it if you would do that. <laughs> you know, Justin, I'm going to do it then. Okay, perfect. Here I go. I'm about to start. Why don't we start with number one? Ra- that's a great place to start. In round number one, Justin, we're going to talk to a man, uh, I think we could say friend of the show, Rob Russo, yes? Oh, yeah, Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big... Oh, bro. Bro. It's bro. Big time swerve here, bro. Justin, you just swerved the listeners because it is not Vince Russo. It's Rob Russo, writer for Vice Sports, all kinds of things. Sort of, oh, yeah. We're a great article yeah. this week. Anybody who writes for Vice <laughs> about wrestling, eventually, as part of their promotional <laughs> tour, comes on to Top Marks. They're forced to it they're forced to our dozens yeah. and dozens of listeners they're dying for mm-hmm. although the listener Damon abraham is next oh my gosh yeah, once, Can you he, imagine? once he makes his next uh like deathmatch tournament <laughs> documentary he'll, he'll come on here, i couldn't sure. be on that episode why not he's my favorite living human being i just so you'll just cry yeah i just i have nothing to say what am i gonna say would you cry if he came on this show i'd probably cry Okay. There's a picture there's, of he and I two sweeting yeah. on the internet at one of his shows. Well, I, I just want you to know there's nothing wrong with that. I love crying. I love the band Arkells, and Max Kerman came on a real good show. Yeah. I cried. Good for you, man. Yeah. I love I'll that. I'll be open about that. There's Why no not? shame in that. Yeah. Has wrestling made you cry? Mm, yeah, women's matches mostly. Yeah. Sasha and Bailey. Because they're so bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, Whoops. basically anytime, anytime a woman <laughs> wins the title when she's never had the belt before. Yeah. Well, I feel like we don't have many moments of those left because I'm not, like, along for the ride and invested in title wins for, you know, someone like Aaliyah the same way I was for oh. Becky Lynch. Yeah. So maybe it's going to – I don't know why. I cannot tell you why I'm not interested in, like, the progression of any of this current NXT crop, which also feels like it should be a lie because they just brought in so many women yeah, in the Mae Young Classic. 
But they haven't really entered the TV sphere yet besides Kyrie, right? It's, I guess. But, but I also share in that sentiment for what it's worth, especially as the men's side is so strong right now. It's, it's a little confusing. I thought Nikki Cross had a great match on NXT last and like, night. But. Can, here's one last question, and then we'll move on. We'll have an ad to get yeah, to. Exactly. Okay. Well, we don't even know what rounds two and three are yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Uh, do you feel like, I feel like we may have talked about this before, is there any way that Sasha Banks can win the women's title on Raw right now and it is actually mm. a meaningful moment? Wow. Or have they just killed Sasha title wins forever? I feel like I'm contradicting myself because last week I said nothing's beyond saving in wrestling. You know, you can turn anything around. But bo- shit, howdy. It, it'd be very hard for me to get into a Sasha Banks title win on Raw. It would be... I wouldn't put a ton of stock into it. How about for you? Do you think that could be rescued? I don't think so. Yeah, I I lean the same way. Justin, do you know what we're doing in round number two today? What are we doing? Well, I'm going to tell you what we're doing. Oh, we're going to talk about a man. I mean, this might just be a round of you and I agreeing on everything because we're going to talk about Papa Braun Strowman, who turned babyface this week, threw his arms in the air, emerged. We'll get into the details. Very exciting stuff. I'm excited to talk about Papa Braun. How do you feel about that? Oh, I'm fired up as well. Me yeah, too. Absolutely. And then around number three, the WWE made some uh, releases this week. Darren Young, Summer Rae, and Emma. I'm sure we have different feelings on the three of those. We're going to talk about their prospects going forward, how we felt about the releases, all this kind of thing. We're going to do a round of Master Tweet. Sunday Night Tweet. Sunday Night Tweet. Sunday Night Tweet. What are you going to call it there? Masters. Master Tweet. Master Tweet. <laughs> wow. Folks, this is this is a, a hot start. We oh, call yeah, that. I love it. I love it. Do an episode of Sunday Night Tweet. Some other great stuff. Stick along for the ride. But first, Justin, we got to keep a roof over our head. We have a a new sponsor this week, Justin. Oh, really? A new sponsor. I know that's very rare. It is. Well, I mean, every week, yeah. Um, Justin, are you uh? You ever go to Google? You know that terrible website, Google? I try to avoid it if I can. Oh, yeah, Justin, me too, because everybody knows Google, th- what they claim to be a search engine, but let's be honest, yeah. it's, it's a terrible website. It's, then they, they just are monopolizing the internet. Well, Justin. And I want to fight back against big business. Hell, Google, get out of here. Hell yeah, get out of here, Google. Justin, I have the solution for you. Blecko.com, the internet's new search engine. That's B-L-E-K-K-O. Blecko. Blecko. Blecko search algorithms are at least 10 times that of poor-ass Google. Uh, it's the one all the kids are using. It's hip. It's up and coming. Blecko.com. Quote, fuck Google. That's, End quote. That's their, that's their tagline? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it. It feels, yeah, it wasn't quotations. Yeah, I'm going to say that they're, they're, you know what? I don't think Blecko minds. Yeah, Blecko, fuck Google. <laughs> Alright, well, I, I'll use it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We're going to go search for all kinds of things on Blecko. Justin, plants, animals, places, travel plans, Blecko.com, because fuck Google. Alright, and with that, we'll move on to round number one. Round one. Fight. Alright, well, we're pleased to be joined right now by, I couldn't even believe it when you told me. Josh, that we were going to have a guest of this magnitude on the show this week. <laughs> I can't believe you think I'm a liar. Yeah, no, you went out and got the man responsible for the enti- entire Attitude Era himself. It's true. Vince <laughs> Russo is oh. on the show this week. <laughs> oh. Uh, 
No. No. It's not. It's way better. What? A man with actual good wrestling opinions bro. is coming on the show. <laughs> bro, come on, The bro. swerve is that he wrote a very important article. Oh, oh, I misread. It's Rob Russo. It's Rob Russo, <laughs> who sort of uh, set the wrestling internet ablaze in this past week with his article entitled, WWE is whitewashing the Ultimate Warrior's bigoted past. Something that I... I think people have uh, sort of brought up, but no one's put it as concisely or correctly, really, as Rob has. So, yeah. Rob, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be on what is, I think, the number one wrestling podcast on planet Earth yeah. right now. Wow. I, we, I have much. to agree. <laughs> that is uh, quite a compliment. Rob, I also have to say I am glad you are not Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm very glad. I'm <laughs> Rob, we'll d- dig into some of the specificities of the article in a moment, but did you expect it to get as big as it did? Uh, no, I can't <laughs> say that I did. I mean, I, I think it, uh, it hit on a few things that like more progressive wrestling fans have been saying for a while uh, about Ultimate Warrior and WWE's relationship with them. And so the sort of like, whitewashing image rehabilitation they've been doing um, since he came back to the company. Uh, But, you know, it was important to me on that level, but I didn't, or I didn't really suspect the level that it would connect with other people that had been kind of thinking the same uh, the same thing. Yeah, because I've seen a couple of different articles written on this topic since the the Breast Cancer Awareness Month campaign kicked off at the beginning of October. Um, but obviously, you just touched a nerve in a way that you know the AV Club or or Wade Keller or a couple other people were not quite able to because I did see your article all over the place this week, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, I think you just kind of dove into the specifics and, and actually, you know, we're able to wade into those mucky waters of, of Warriors' actual statements from back in the past to give people the hard proof of what a deplorable guy this <laughs> person actually was. Yeah, and, you know, the point of doing all that wasn't just to, like, cause controversy for no reason or just to, you know, drag this guy's name through the mud. It's to ask, like, what the f- fuck is wwe doing with this like <laughs> promoting this guy as this image of like uh you know, a heroic figure and attaching them to all their uh their like philanthropic uh, marketing stuff it's just like it's just it, i find i found it really distasteful and offensive on a moral level but even just from a cynical marketing perspective i'm just like what what are these guys doing like, why are they continuing to do this well it seems like they are trying to remove the performer from the character basically like treat ultimate warrior like a comic book hero that they invented and that they can just slap that paint on to anything and you know it's 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 completely removed from who he actually was yeah well and in the statement they gave to to vice i mean that was kind of what they were hitting on it's like (laughs) the character of ultimate warrior is this you know heroic uh, triumphant figure and these are the traits and it's actually like i'm just like you know, it's I'm doing something bad by uh, by taking away the spotlight from these these you know wonderful uh, reward recipients and things like that. And yeah, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty nonsense line of of argument. I think. I mean, like I said again in the piece, it, it wasn't Jim Helwig giving these conservative speeches. Right. Uh, it was literally Warrior. That's his actual name <laughs> that he changed to. Yeah, he he Ryback himself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you just think like any other company, like would you build a charity around Cliff Huxtable or like one of these <laughs> like disgraced actors? It would say, no, it's not the act. It's the, it's that's not you know 
that it's the character of Cliff Huxtable that we're elevating here. It's 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 insane to insinuate that you know we'd be doing anything else. Rob, this may sound like a simple question, but uh, as you dug more and more into Ultimate Warrior, was he worse than you initially thought he was? Uh, well, I already knew he was pretty bad. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, because you know I was extremely online in you know 2007 as well, and I remember when all this stuff was coming out, and uh, so. Like I knew the level of it, and other companies had had put together sort of the greatest hits of some of these stuff uh, as well. Like Deadspin had done something shortly after he died, saying like, "Oh, let's remember some of these things." So I I knew, uh, yeah, I was I was aware of it. I wasn't like because some of these blog posts we're talking about were really like these like manic three or four thousand word screeds that he was going off on, and like there was some pretty crazy stuff in there. It was like the notebook of the guy in Seven. <laughs> That's a very good comparison. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I, you know, I would like there was so much there. I didn't really like even get through all of it because like, because it, it, it's so long. But now, actually, when you try to look at those blog posts that I found using uh, internet archiving, that URL has been scrubbed from the internet archive, and you can no longer access those blog posts. Is that right? Oh yeah! Wow! So I rattled them. I rattled them. You genuinely uh, got to them. Yeah, no. So they 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 had someone clearly go through and remove all those URLs from web archiving. So there's no way to actually look at them anymore. I guess when there's a McMahon in the White House, yeah, you, the potential <laughs> to uh, do anything is is possible, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they can't do. Rob, you point out in the article that they they were willing and quick uh, to scrub out Hulk Hogan after his comments, whatever that was, two years ago. How much of this do you think is just? All of these guys are kind of terrible, these old wrestlers. I mean, is there somebody who came to mind for you who would be a better, I don't know, poster boy for their charitable efforts? Well, there's that's that's one of the things that I find confusing about it. Like again, like as you said, it's incredibly hypocritical to say to to banish Hogan down the memory hole for and rightfully so. Yeah. For his comments. But then say, not only is this guy okay but he's he's good enough to build this kind of philanthropic uh, altruistic charity st- branding around that's what was insane to me and i'm sure there's plenty of like guys from the history of wrestling they can use in that position and so you can use john cena you can use daniel bryan or any of these guys like they, they don't have uh, crazy homophobic screeds anywhere on the internet i can guarantee you <laughs> i would certainly hope not yeah no but as you said I'm sure like, you know, WWE in itself has a long history of racism and bad business practices and bad stuff. I'm sure many, many wrestlers in the past have been uh, (laughs) prejudiced. Uh, So this isn't a thing that's exclusive to this one guy. But again, it's not about him. It's about their decision to base their marketing around this guy's image and to have these, you know, breast cancer survivors walking around wearing the Ultimate Warrior shirts on television. When this is a guy that, when Bobby Heenan uh, was announced that he had cancer, basically uh, gloated about it and made fun of him and said, "I'm looking forward to when you die of cancer." Yeah, I, like that to me is just insane that they would do that. And you know, when I I, I saw these warrior ads, that this was kind of the impetus of the article, and I was thinking like, "This is someone has to call them out on this. This is insane." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm actually a writer. I can I can do that." So I was like, "I guess I'll do it." Sure, and then. That's how, it, that's how it got started. Yeah, you touched on it in the piece as well, but it seems like they are just so focused on getting swept up in the good feelings of like his like miraculous return to the company and the promo that he cut 
and then immediately died. You know, like it could <laughs> yeah. not. Like it's it's not and just that he's dead; it's that he came back and like made good, and then died instantly. Yeah, and you know what? It's a great story. Like I don't blame them for wanting to hang on to it because it is. It's like you couldn't have you could have hired a team of the most expensive Hollywood screenwriters in the world. They could not have come up with a better ending than that, a better story, you know. And like I said, if it had just been that, you know, I would have I wouldn't have raised a stink about it. I wouldn't have like, uh, you know, I I I maybe would have found it a little bit distasteful that they were bringing him back for the Hall of Fame, considering all the things he said. Yeah. But you know, you can't argue with with you know, the, that level of, of storytelling. And uh, I wouldn't have raised a stink about it if they hadn't insisted on continuing to use this guy and continuing to rehabilitate his image and folding it into all this marketing stuff. That's what I really bugged me. Yeah. And, you know, you watch wrestling for a long time. There's a lot of stuff that you don't agree with that you don't like, but you can't really change anything. And I thought maybe, hey, this is maybe one thing that I can have sort of an impact in and hopefully get them to do something about it. Because, like, if Hogan just drop dead like right this instant they probably would bring his legacy back in somehow you know yeah of course but but it's, yeah there's no like there there's no magic moment there like there is in like warriors return right before death and that like i, I don't think that they would and go basically foreshadowing is and basically foreshadowing his own death in yeah, the it, promo the night before yeah it sounds Same. like a eulogy when you go back yeah. and watch it, knowing he dies the next day, oh, it's chilling. Like I, I honestly like it, it's it, it is it's 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 a it's a really cool moment. It's an iconic moment in uh, in WWE history, and you know I'm not surprised that they wanted to milk that. But the way they've done it has just been really, I think, distasteful and uh, pretty offensive. I I just don't foresee them like rolling out like the Hulkster Award or whatever if if Hogan were to die instantly right now without having some kind of make-good moment with the company. But, you know, a make-good moment with the company is not a make-good moment with the world at large. Yeah, and the, you know what? Again, like I said, they were right to banish Hogan the way they did. But he also apologized and seemed to express some kind of remorse, even if it's cynical and protecting his own career. He at least did that. With Warrior, there no mention of any of these these... Uh, you know, homophobic and racist speeches were ever made, let alone like a mea culpa or an apology. It was just, they were hoping, I think, to just sweep it under the rug and hope that no one no one uh, called them out on it. Well, you got a statement from Dana Warrior in the article as well, basically, that said that late in his life, he he had changed, that he had had conversations with his daughters and that they, being <laughs> young, progressive people, had like been able to change his mind on some things. But... Uh, I agree with your assessment that it's kind of like hard to believe that when there's no public reflection of that literally anywhere. No, it's a it's a very nice sentiment. Uh, you know, may, maybe I hope that is true. I hope he did change at the end. But you know, he never you know apologized for any of the comments he made. And you know, he he rewrote very eloquently about his freedom of speech and his stuff. And, <laughs> You know, he he took certainly took advantage of it when it was, and I you know I would like to think that he probably stood, continued to stand by a lot of what he did say. Yeah, he he's like a pioneer of an industry that is now thriving ten years later of just like online conservative dipshit trying to build a reputation for themselves large enough that they get invited to appear on Fox News. Oh, Tr for sure. Truly... I mean, that's one of the thing. That's one of the things I noticed. Like. Uh, 
you know, it was really shocking in 2007, but in 2017, it's not that far removed from like pretty regular conservative discourse that we have. Like, yeah, he was just be like, he'd be writing a Breitbart or prepping for a Senate right. run or doing yeah. something like this right now. Yeah, he's like the Laura Loomer of his day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The we I, I was just appeared on uh, another podcast, Struggle Session. He he was very Cernovician in many ways, oh, yeah. talking about minds, the mindset, the warrior mindset. And you talk about poverty, about how poverty doesn't exist. Poverty is just a mindset. And oh stuff my like god! That. It's it's very it's very proto 2017 conservative, really. No kidding, and especially with its ties to free speech above all else and this sort of thing. Uh, Rob, I know that this is something you, you were trying to figure out, and this would be a question better posed for WWE, but after digging into a little bit, why? Why would they use Warrior of all people? Is there any defendable reason in your mind that he is their go-to guy for this? I really, like, I don't think there is. Like I said, from a moral standpoint, it makes no sense, and even just from a cynical marketing standpoint, it's it makes zero sense to do this. No other major company would do like, you know, I used to, I worked in advertising for a few years. Right. And if I had a client coming to me saying, oh yeah, we'd like to, you know, build a, a charity around this guy and, and use this branding to, to do this. It take five minutes of Googling to say, uh, you know what, maybe we could find someone better to, for this. Brand <laughs> this is for sure going to come back to haunt you. And it's just, it's a PR disaster that's just waiting to happen for no reason. So maybe let's go with someone else that didn't make fun of Hurricane Katrina victims or didn't. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. You know, talk about how Martin Luther King Day is bad, and uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they've got her, they've got WrestleMania coming up in New Orleans, and they've they've spent the last month venerating this guy who talked about Hurricane Katrina victims like they deserved it. They're these lazy. He kept saying these people are doing this. These people, you know, in quotes. Yeah, you know, and you know who he's talking about. Oh, and uh, yeah. now they've got, they've spent a month venerating this guy, and now they're going to go ahead and have WrestleMania in New Orleans, and it's just like it's so dumb. Oh, well, uh, it's, it's morally repugnant and it's stupid from a marketing standpoint at the same time. Xavier Woods will play the trombone in the streets of New Orleans and it'll all be fine. It'll be like uh, nothing ever happened. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way it always is with them, isn't it? It's like anything that we've done that, that, we've done that you don't like, we're just going to not mention that anymore. Sweep that under the rug. We're going to move on. The machine's going to keep moving forward and then uh, it's going to be forgotten. But that's... I don't know. Maybe I'm just a. Maybe I'm a. Maybe I'm SJW. I, I don't think you, know you are. What? I was like, you know what? I'm. I'm need to call them out on this. I'm not going to let this. Uh, <laughs> let this continue. If I can, if there's anything I can do to, to to embarrass them about this. In that vein, Rob, how much of you, as an actual wrestling fan, sort of feels a, a duty to use your platform to show that you know wrestling has some ties to some real sort of redneck conservatism, some you know less progressive views in my eyes. Does, does any part of you feel like, you know, I'm going to show that there is a, a thinking wrestling fan, a progressive wrestling fan. Is that, is that a motivation for you at all? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of wrestling fans are pretty progressive. Um, Certainly in our circle. Yeah. Well, like even talking about uh, NXT, like one of the coolest, one of the feuds that I'm most into right now is that uh, Velveteen Dream versus Al Alistair Black. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The best. And uh, like I heard you guys talking about this the other day, and what I thought was so cool about that segment uh, where they're kind of Black was giving his first promo, and they had that that moment where the, he kind of like put his face right and in, in, like inches away from his, and the, and the crowd popped huge for this like kind of sexual uh, advance that he was doing. Where in the past that would be a thing that would get booed and would be it would would uh, be used to like disgust people. But, and that was like Goldust's uh, whole gimmick. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought that was so interesting how in 2017, like that's something that really pops the crowd, this like really kind of like sexually charged homoerotic moment. He does feel progressive, uh, doesn't so yeah. he, Velveteen Dream? Yeah. It's, I mean, he's still technically yeah, a absolutely. heel, but he he's like interesting. And I think like the, the crowd is super into like the whole, this whole feud has just been excellent. It's gold. Um, but, but no, you're right though. I do, I do feel a certain responsibility to try and push that kind of viewpoint because, you know, WWE, it's it's pretty much like this distillation of like republicanism or American capitalism, where it's like, you know, you've got this business where uh, your employees are you know destroying their bodies and traveling all year, but they're paying for their health care and they're paying for their their travel expenses out of the pocket, out of the salary that you give them, and you know, uh, it's a, it is something that you know they, they need to be called out on for a lot of this stuff. And uh, it, I, I really do believe in the, the no ethical consumption under capitalism thing where you kind of feel bad sometimes supporting this company because of some of these things. But totally. you have to find moments like that where you can support it. Especially considering like Linda McMahon is now responsible for every small business <laughs> in the entire country. When you look at how she and her husband have run theirs, they really do not respect uh, the rights or, you know, uh, demands uh, of of their workforce like at all no and you know what if you it, like if it, this is the argument where if, if it was up to the market like if you let the market decide like all our jobs would look like this like this is how ceos would love to run all their companies of course like, every, everyone's a, a you know a, a, temp, a temp worker or everyone's a, a, a contractor no one's a full-time employee status like no one has vacation time no one has anything and they have all 100 of the power uh, and the employees have pretty pretty much zero power. Yeah. Uh, now, Rob, did you hear from WWE at all uh, over the course or or in the aftermath of this article? Yeah, I did. Uh, I got a call from one of their public relations guys uh, as it was coming out because I had I had reached out to them uh, to comment on it, and uh, we had a, a fairly lengthy chat. Like it was off the record, so I don't want to really get into too much of the substance that was discussed uh, because I would really not like them to sue me. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's at the, at the end of the day, I pretty much just, they gave their perspective. I gave my perspective about why I thought it was a newsworthy story and why I was going to continue, go ahead with the piece. And I just said, you know, hey, look, I'm happy to give you guys a platform to, uh, to give your side if you'd want to, to have that space in the piece. So they tried to kill it. I'm, I, I'm not going to say that, but, you know, they gave their perspective about why it wasn't newsworthy, and uh, I gave my perspective about why I disagreed with them. Okay. Well, I think uh, you were proven pretty correct, wouldn't you say? <laughs> well, it seems like it, and I had that feeling when I pitched the piece. It's like I felt like this is something that, especially in, you know, in 2017 with the kind of, like, outrage culture and, and things like that, it is the kind of thing that I thought could potentially snowball and become a PR headache for them. Yeah, I guess in the way, like, Ultimate Warrior is kind of like the confederate statue of wrestling yeah they gotta be well they built that big bronze statue of him let's tear that shit down yeah burn it to the ground <laughs> rob where can people yeah. find your writings um yeah you can find me on twitter i'm uh, at rob russo on twitter um i'm like trying to get back more into writing about wrestling and sports and other things um this year has just felt so oppressive with the politics where it feels like that's the only thing that matters and that's the only thing like it feels superfluous to even care about anything else sure um, but I am trying to get back into more writing about other subjects. But yeah, I write about wrestling and politics and, and other sports and all kinds of stuff. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on Top Marks today.
Very happy to be here. Thanks, thanks for having me, guys. I'd like to give my personal endorsement here. Rob is a great follow on Twitter, like very worth following <laughs> on Twitter. This is uh, he didn't pay for this. Oh, thank you, Josh. I mean it. I don't disagree. I'm <laughs> tapping my nose right now. Your audience can't see me, but beautiful. <laughs> and I hope you feel better. You guys, are obviously, you're, obviously, you're going to cut that out. So yeah, no question. As so long as the check clears, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope you feel better soon. Yeah, oh, me too. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Take care, guys. What a what a wonderful chat. I can only assume because we haven't actually done it yet. No, we haven't, no, Justin. But we will in the future, and then drop it in there, That's and exactly. people will be like, "Oh, look, they just seamlessly. <laughs> it's like it just happened right then and there." I got to be honest. Yeah. I have no idea yeah. how you do that. So when I listen to the show, I will be amazed. If I hadn't said anything, nobody would have been none the wiser. <laughs> yeah, but really. thank you, Rob. Uh, a pleasure to have him on the show. Yeah, man. I love talking to Rob on Twitter. We do it pretty often. I love his takes on things. I love his writing. So uh, while the chat hasn't happened yet, I'm going to assume that it was uh, very good and I loved it and it was everything that it delivered on. You're right to assume that. Yeah. Yeah. And with that... You've never been wrong. Let's move on <laughs> to round number two. Round two. Fight. Justin, I've seen you do some amazing feats of strength before. Really? Absolutely. I've what? seen you lift some heavy things. I've seen you crush some fools with relative ease. But you know why that is? Why? Because you're a strong man. Yes. Do you know who else is a strong man? I... I hmm, who... Who's big and brawny? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're on the right track. Sure. Uh, oh, Come on. And you're then, close. Yeah, like a strong man, like yeah. a like a big brawny strong yeah, man. Yeah, they're a brawn strong man. Ah, <laughs> uh, the big show. <laughs> Justin, it's not the big show. Come on, Justin. What? Justin, it's Braun Strowman. Oh, Papa Braun Strowman, a course. man who I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say is uh one of most people's favorite guys on the active WWE roster. Do you think that's a crazy thing to say? No, I think that's probably bang on correct. Yeah, I don't know of anyone who doesn't enjoy when Braun Strowman's on their television. Yeah. I, and I think that this is, they've given him a lot of space to do the coolest shit on Raw for the better part of, I don't know, maybe eight months now. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. It's basically all year long, essentially. Yeah, the, since like, the brand split. His monster push as like a top level main event guy probably goes back to the Royal Rumble and interfering in that Owens Reigns match. Yeah. There. And then from then on, it's just like nonstop Papa Braun doing ridiculous shit constantly. Like his highlight reel from even the brand split to now from the squash matches of three and four on ones till now would just be tremendous yeah. to watch. Just the path of destruction. And like one of those guys who squash matches against local talent was like actually still super entertaining. I loved it, yeah. yeah. Especially if you recall right at the beginning of the brand split, they were doing that with him and Nia. Nia. And the Nia ones were just so much less interesting. Well, I think we're both Nia and, and Jack's they apologists. It, they did it with like Bo Dallas for one or two Oh yeah, weeks. what was that? Yeah. I forgot about that. The Believe in Bo. He had the sign. Yeah, he was he like very angry. He was really mad. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was very weird. But Braun Strowman, and you're, he even got a guy over in a squash match. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. He's still employed. He's still employed. I mean, he's I mean, dressed he's a as a dog on a now. leash. Yeah. <laughs> it's employed. <laughs> Listen, James Ellsworth probably likes his job more than I do. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah, very fair. No, there's no question about that. Unless my employers are listening. In, in which, which case. case. 
Josh would rather not be a dog man and would love to continue working for you. I love my job. Unless you also wanted to pay him to be a dog man. I will do that. In which case he was willing to do that. <laughs> this really did a triple turn there. I didn't want you to come. <laughs> Justin, the reason I wanted to set some context for how much everybody loves Braun Strowman is because I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I know when we talk personally because we're hashtag good friends. I always think that the money's in Braun Strowman is a baby face. I don't think that's saying anything crazy. People want to cheer this guy. He's doing cool shit I mean, all the time. Con- we've constantly been looking for spots where, oh my goodness, are they finally turning him. Right, the Roman feud where yeah. he tried to kill him. The Roman ambulance murder spot seemed like maybe was a double <laughs> turn where Roman, who tried to kill someone... <laughs> With a vehicle that is supposed to save people. <laughs> I never considered that. Yeah. He really misused what an ambulance is for, which just is either more proof, further proof. It's very evil. That, that was a heel move on Roman's part. <laughs> and yeah, for Braun to not just uh, uh, be on the receiving end of that, but also not be felled by it, but to get up and walk away despite like blood leaking out of his face or whatever, he still got to look strong at the end of it. So it was like, oh, look at this cool baby face. Yeah, of course. That is how I took it at the time. Um, and that's, that's not how it turned out, though. It isn't how it turns out. I was wrong. And that's the, the problem with the sort of Roman Reigns constant tweener thing. That's like the problem with this podcast also is that you're just wrong all the time. That is a big problem with the show, actually. <laughs> I would I would fully agree with that. <laughs> it's like my terrible opinions of being wrong all the yeah, time. As we demonstrated with the Seth Rollins stuff back in the opening. I have to agree with you. I was wrong about that. Here we are 10 minutes later, and I completely rescind on everything I said off the top. <laughs> but it's... It is confusing, but there's no clearer way to let us know that someone is babyface than having them feud with the Miz, a man who no one thinks is a babyface. Like Unless who, you're Baron Corbin, in right. which case the Miz is a babyface. I mean, do you want to touch on that for a minute? I feel like we should. Yeah, we could. I mean, yeah, it, they're going back and forth on Twitter as I guess most of these builds to the champion versus champion match have to go. Yeah, how else could you interact? I guess if Raw invades... Smackdown, they can have a moment. But that probably won't happen until the go-home, and that's kind of a long time to wait. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it's not really much of a build, really. Yeah. So you're right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like Miz cut a promo this week in his car uh, <laughs> talking about how uh, all of his best promos have been out in the ring on Miz TV in front of tens of thousands of people, and all of Baron Corbin's best promos have been into a cell phone privately when no one's around. Which is true. Yeah, because even like the backstage segments that Baron does are better than anything that he's ever done in the ring. Well, and definitely, and Talking Smack as well was really a place where Baron Corbin was thriving. It seems that there's something about being in front of an audience that uh, zaps some of his energy away from And Corbin also made uh, disparaging comments about Maurice and and their unborn child. And uh, Miz basically said, don't you ever fucking talk about my wife and child ever again. I mean, he did say that. And it was a monstrous baby face moment. It, it was a, a burial. I mean, that was one of the least competitive promo battles I can think of. It'd be like me versus you. You just yeah. crushing me into the and, ground. And we talked about a couple weeks ago that turning Miz babyface is the worst thing you could do with him. I agree. Yeah. But at the same time, having seen him cut a babyface promo, it's like, maybe actually he could do that. And the, I think we're not there yet, though we almost were on the Brooklyn... Uh, Raw after SummerSlam, where we're going to hit a point where Miz will have been so top-tier entertaining on the mic and Miz TV for so long that the audience will just, like, come around to him and cheer for him, 
even if he's still being a heel. Because ultimately, all we want is entertainment. It's the same process. Like, it's the New Day all over. Again, That's right. Basically. Yeah. You... That you have to go through that arc. Uh, because, like, you know, eventually... You cannot be a great heel without eventually becoming beloved for it. It's so interesting. And what, what payoff for being a good heel? You know, I love that natural. And that kind of ties back to Braun also because that's, that's exactly why we love him is 100%. he got to be the most entertaining heel Reliably, imaginable. Reliably. In the last however many years. Yeah, like, get to do all of these crazy things. And, like, how could they go into that segment where he tips the ambulance and, you know, I'm not finished with you. Oh. If. We are not supposed to love him. He just did the coolest shit I've ever seen. That's right. Yeah, it's, and there's no denying that. Like, you hit the nail on the head. What we want is to be entertained. Yeah. And so I thought, great move turning him babyface on Monday. For those of you who may not have seen, Braun Strowman uh, re- revived from this exact same garbage truck yes. he was put in yes. at Survivor Series. The garbage Series. truck has been touring the country along <laughs> with Chasing them. the Miz. Yes. This is the only week that they managed to back it up as he was trying to escape. But... But he also was dropping garbage in the dressing room. Correct. Which means he was out of the truck and then got back into the truck. Well, someone was dropping the garbage. We don't know that it was Braun Strowman. But Braun Strowman returns. He exits the garbage truck. He puts up his arms. He yells. People people are already going mental. And he goes, I think he hits four running power slams on Curtis Axel in the ring. Puts him through the table. It was very much shot like... uh, like a soap opera also, which yes. I, I I loved. I know it got like dragged on Twitter a little bit. That, Did like, it? Look at them try to be cinematic. This is what it looks like. Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great Yeah, also. I thought so too. Yeah. Weird. I didn't see... That's If you were complaining about that, at me on Twitter. people were just like making fun of it more so than complaining. It was cheesy, but so was Brock yeah. coming out of... Or so is wrestling rather. in general. Like yeah. the best... Just embrace cheese, people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with liking cheesy things. It's like I always say, dangerously cheesy. Exactly. You're always saying that. That's what I'm always saying. That's the thousandth time you've said that just during this episode. I think Never that's true. If you go back, of this show. if you go back and listen. Yeah. So, Justin, I, I think obviously he's going to be doing this this feud with the Miz that'll carry him through to Survivor Series. We know he's on the Survivor Series and team. Then, yeah, probably a match with Miz after Survivor Series. I think they'll actually probably wrap it up before because what we're still two or three weeks out from Survivor Series. Yeah, I guess that's true. SmackDown's doing Jinder and AJ this week. I could see them doing Mi- the Miz Taraji versus Braun in the next two weeks, maybe on the go home to Survivor Series. Where do you see Braun going on the other side of that? Who's a heel that Braun can feud with reliably? Or do you think that they get to the belt on I, Braun? I want to see a continuation of this thing okay. with Miz. Because, look, you know, we have had a couple... I mean, there was a defense on the last show, I guess. But there were a couple pay-per-views in a row there, it felt like, where there was not an Intercontinental title match. What, refresh my memory. What was it on there the wasn't, last show? There wasn't one on SummerSlam. No. And then... I guess there wasn't one on TLC either because nope. he was in that match. Exactly, he was in the main event. So it hasn't been defended in a while. Yeah. So, so maybe you're right, John. That, that might be where to go. Because I feel like if you make it that Braun wants that title, and he doesn't even want it because he loves the belt, he wants it because Miz loves the belt. Ah, there is a difference then, there. Then suddenly, you know, that belt would be intrinsically so important because it would be held by the guy that most people want to be universal champion. Right. We we would finally get back to the days of like 1998-99 where like the guy who holds the intercontinental title is the future of the company. You know what's interesting cuz I I think that 
to to say that it would super elevate the title is is true. I think you're right that it would I, make I, it. I feel belt. like a Braun Intercontinental title at this point could do more for that belt than John Cena did for the U.S. belt. I think that that is not only probably true, but definitely true. But I do want to say that Miz has done a lot to even have that belt in relevancy. I think Miz has done a tremendous job with the IC title, elevating it. I don't disagree. There's been shows that I thought it should have main evented. I think we agree with the Ziggler title versus career feud. That could have main evented the pay-per-view. Absolutely. And and even talking about pay-per-view main events with the IC title shows the elevation. But I do agree that putting it on Braun... Off the top of my head, more than any other single guy in the company would do wonders for that belt. I don't know how you get it off of him eventually, but that's a problem you have to deal with down the road. I mean, they they are constantly finding ways to, you know, make Braun lose without making him lose anything. It's very true. I mean, technically, James Ellsworth eliminated him from Survivor Series last year. And, yeah, and unless that's true. he's just going to run roughshod over Team SmackDown, they're going to have to come up with some clever way for him to be eliminated from Survivor Series again this year. That's a really good point. So, you know, they that's all they do is, like, find ways, find ways to let guys <laughs> escape. Or just put it in a triple threat match and he doesn't take the pin. You know what uh, Miz vs. Braun kind of has shades of in my mind? What? I forget. It's Big Bartholomew's the farmer in Southpaw. Who's the city slicker who's trying to like buy his land from him? Oh, fuck. I can't think of his name. Uh, me neither. Rusev is Big Bartholomew. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is the banker, though? I want to say Tyler Breeze, but that might not be right. I think you are right that it is Tyler Breeze. But it sort of has shades of that, doesn't it? Like this farmer, sort of big, powerful guy versus this conniving, sleazy city slicker. I, I really feel like it has shades of that going for it. Mr. Mac. Mr. McElroy. Is it Tyler Breeze? Yes, it is. Very great. Yes. Uh, Does it not kind of have shades that like the city slicker and this like big body? Yeah, I think Big Bartholomew is like a name that I could for sure see Braun having. Also, can we get more Southpaw on television? Because Chad Too Bad and Sex Ferguson were great this week. I all I heard that was that that was the worst segment ever. That it was just dead. The Halloween match? Yeah. If you didn't like that, lose my number. I didn't see it. Lose my number. Any, any, who, what was not to like? The pumpkin spot, big sex, and uh, Chad Tuba? I loved it. Okay. Well, that's one voice for in favor of it. But it's the most important voice. I guess so, yeah. The man with the best opinions. Yeah, he's been wrong about everything else, but this, <laughs> this is the time. Is the time that he is right. This is absolutely the time that he, that he, me, yes. am right. <laughs> yes, that he am right. Yes. Justin, can we get to a point where it's he, bro- me, am right? Yeah. Hey, my parents are ESL, man. Don't. Wow, this is this is venturing into no, racism. No, it's fine. This is it's fine. I'll move past that. I'm half ESL if you think about it. I guess so. In, no, not at all. Yeah, genetically, <laughs> it's not hereditary. I, I don't know about that. Part. Uh, but yeah, we're finally getting Braun as a baby face. And yeah. I don't know if we talked about that last week in the fallout of the pay-per-view TLC because that sort of seemed like the best thing about that match is that when Braun comes back for revenge, yeah. there's no way that he is not a babyface in pursuit of the Miz. Of course, and I think we did talk about that in the fallout. I- I'm wondering if this is eventually. Do we eventually get back to Braun beating the being the guy to beat Lesnar? Or is that still Roman for sure? It's. I I think they are firmly. I mean, if they were going to do it, they already had the opportunity to. <sighs> and not only did they not do it, they did what they are doing to everyone, which is having them lose with one F5. I just don't get it. Because so for so long they want the big muscle guy, 
the body guy yeah. and the the internet you would hope community. That with Braun, it would at least be two F fives. You know, oh, that he wouldn't oof. go down to the same finisher as Finn Balor. As everyone. I mean, it's disappointing because they always want to push the body guy. They finally have one that everybody loves. Yeah. And they won't pull the trigger. It's insane. Yeah. No, and it's funny because Braun is exactly what they want Roman to be. Yeah. But people actually love him. Of course they do. So, yeah, you have your new Roman right in front of you. Like, this guy can do anything and he can talk, too. Yeah. In the way that he needs to. Yeah. Like, he doesn't need to be cutting the five-minute promo. He needs to come out, not to quote Be a Austin. monster. Yeah. Hey, I'm here to raise hell. Let's cause a scene. Where's the bad guys? Because I'm here to lift them over my damn head and throw them through something, which is what everybody wants. Everyone wants to see uh, the big... Uh, uh, uh. That's 15 minutes. And... Credit to you for freezing when the buzzer rang. I'm a man of the rules. Instead of trying to keep talking. Not me, Justin. I would never do that. Well, I always do that. I, that's because you're a real bad guy. <laughs> well, I think we can safely move on from here. I think so. To uh, the people segment. It is the people segment. Everybody loves it. They, they demand it week after week, ah, and it's making its triumphant return. It is, of course, Sunday Night Tweet. Justin, you want me to explain the rules, or are you going to explain the rules this week? Ah, uh, you can explain them. Okay, well, I barely know them at this point, but I'm going to... Every week, I scour Twitter.com for sort of the, the weirdest, strangest, most outstanding... Anything that pops out to me in the Twitter sphere from uh, tweets from the WWE active roster. I then read these tweets aloud, and based off of almost no information, poor young Justin Morissette has to guess who the tweeter in I question is. i got to say, I really enjoyed being on the other side of this last week. Did you? Yeah. It was a huge thrill. Well, I gotta tell you, it's good to be back in the, this spot. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, let's get on to, uh, should we start with tweet number one? Sure. For you, Justin, I have, uh, you know, one of those quote tweets that the kids love. Oh, the kids are always going crazy for them. Uh, you know that they can't get enough, and neither can I, because this is a uh, the tweet being quoted is from uh, a wrestler I think we both know, Frankie Kazarian, okay. with, uh, Christopher Daniels' tag team partner. Yeah. And he says, getting real sick of seeing lumberjack beards on dudes who have never even held an axe. And honestly, I felt like this was a bit of an attack on me yeah. because I'm definitely a soft boy. Yeah, who at has... me next time, Frankie. Yeah, Frank. That's what I'm going to call you because to be Frank, I don't like you all that much. I'm going to call him Frankie because it sounds more childish, and that's what he is to me, son. Got him. So, Justin, the tweeter in question quotes this tweet and says, Not only have I held one, I used one a few weeks back. Chopping wood and my flip-flops in the backyard. All right. This is a, a beard haver. Uh, a man with a big, burly beard. I didn't say man. Wow. Okay. All right. So It is a man, though. Yes. Yeah. But it could have been Nia Jax, but it's not. That, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. That was Justin, folks. I, just, I mean, I just, I didn't bring her up I think pointedly. Nia, I think Nia's a I sexy lady. I could have brought up anyone. But you did. Could have been Alexa Bliss. Uh, you is did, that better? Uh, could have been Mickey James. Could have been Emma. That's why she's left the company. Because of her beard. All right, Justin. So who, who is this tweeter? Uh, mm, I know it can't possibly be Luke Harper because he only tweets one thing, and that's <laughs> it's Wednesday. You, you know, know what, what that, that means. means. Uh, it could be Eric Rowan, but I don't think he's going to break character. Right on Bludgeon Bros before they've debuted. Do you want a hint here, Justin? Sure. It's someone who does break character on their Twitter a great deal. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. 
That's a very good guess, because Bray does break character. But it is not Bray Wyatt. It's the leader of sanity, Eric, Eric Young. Young. Oh, man. I should have known. Because he's, he's always talking yeah. about like yeah. fantasy. Yeah, people. every Sunday... If you are if you're listening out there and you need help with your fantasy football team, there is no one who would rather help you <laughs> than the leader of sanity himself, Eric Young. It is just tweet after tweet of helping people with their like lineup decisions in PPR leagues. Justin, you're not over exaggerating. It's actually bizarre. Like anyone yeah. who asks him a fantasy football <laughs> question, you get the leader of sanity, Eric mm. Young, who I thought was gangbusters on NXT this week, by the way, just doing everything right. Justin, you ready for tweet number two here? I sure am. Justin, this one, it's a little tricky, so I just need to read it verbatim. Okay. I hated trick or treating houses that would make you tell jokes for the sweets. Just put the mini Snickers in the bag, hen. This isn't open mic night. <laughs> I mean, great point. <laughs> a very good tweet. Cannot argue the content there. It's an excellent tweet. <laughs> it's a very good tweet. Uh, but put the candy in the bag, hen. Yeah. Hmm. Who calls people hens? Uh, well, besides you. Do I do that? I always call people hens. Oh, yeah. They called me a hen earlier yeah, today. My good hen, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lend me a hand. Ah, <laughs> uh, Could it be the Scottish supernova Noam Dar? Justin, I don't know how you get it, but it must because be because his words were ringing through the ages. It is the Scottish supernova Noam Dar. His uh, ring, yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, very good. I'm one, for, I'm one and one now. I'm not familiar with this. People would like make you tell a joke to get the candy on Halloween. Yeah, maybe that's a. Uh, thing that happens in scotland is he from scotland yeah oh okay yeah i mean he's actually from wales but he, he burns so bright that he shows up in the air above scotland and they think he's their supernova oh, okay. he's actually the welsh supernova so he could be the welsh wave maybe yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that was bad uh are you ready for uh tweet number two sure here's all it says i've got you another dog hashtag Happiest five-word sentence. So I don't know if you saw this hashtag going around this week. The happiest five-word sentence. Someone on the active WWE roster thinks the happiest five-word sentence is, I've got you another dog. Well, it can't possibly be Natalia, because that dog would not mix well with her cats. Oh, are you going to do this one by a process of elimination? Yeah, so Does it work backwards? one person out. Yeah, 150-something to go. <laughs> You're good. Who else is it not? Uh, it's probably not... Actually, I don't know. I, there, there's only one person I can weed out. I'm going to give you a, being a cat here, person. This is a member of the cruiserweight division. Okay. A cruiserweight who would love a dog or loves dogs or I don't know. Wants lots of dogs. All right. I don't know what to tell you. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Mustafa Ali. Oh, no. He hates dogs. What? Yeah, you got to guess again. It's well known. Yeah, he hates them. Allergic. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, then could it be. Uh, Rich Swan. It is not Rich Swan. It seems like you couldn't handle this question. It's gentleman Jack Gallagher. See, I thought about him, but then now he's a heel, so he probably hates dogs now. Yeah, but he's does. breaking character. To yeah, acknowledge his love of dogs, which I can respect. Yeah, Justin, ready for tweet number four? Sure am, Justin. This is a, a reply to another member. Of the active WWE roster, okay. Baron Corbin, okay? okay? So Baron Corbin posts himself uh, wearing a, a picture of him wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, WWE Oakland, 
I am here repping the 2-0 and Chiefs. That's a while back now. Okay. And an active member of the WWE roster replies, Raiders are 2-0, and and they have beast mode. You don't. Ooh. Somebody, I feel like, who's from the Oakland area, maybe. Like, I don't know. Uh, no? You I don't, don't know. no idea? I'm not sure. But they are they, like, fronting for the Raiders because they love them, or are they just trying to put Corbin in their place? I, as I was looking through their Twitter feed, they did tweet about the Raiders more than you would expect for their character. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> so somebody who, who – I'll say this. You might not expect this person in kayfabe to care about football or even watch television. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to go back to the well here. Oh, okay. Breaking character on Instagram or Twitter, rather. Maybe also Instagram. Maybe I don't probably. Know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, we have no way of knowing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, but, you know, football games are played on Sunday and yes. he worships the sun. So I'm going to go Bray Wyatt. <laughs> What the fuck? How did you get there? <laughs> yeah, it is Bray Wyatt. He worships the sun. Yeah. Don't you remember that from his like feud with... I don't even remember. It might have been set the Seth Rollins feud or it might have been the beginning of the Bray Wyatt or the Finn Balor feud. Well, but he, he like looked up. He was in the desert and he was like, the sun cracks and dries everything. And he, he loved it. Justin, I have what you could only call a terrible memory, but it is Ray Wyatt. I think you went, uh, well, listen, there's still one more tweet to come this week, okay? Yeah, I'm two for four so far. That's not bad. And I think you got a good chance of getting tweet number five, if I'm being honest. This person, Justin, tweets out the words, hashtag raw, hashtag survivor series, and the gif from Tom Hanks' vehicle, Captain Phillips, of the guy saying, I'm the captain now. Uh... Is it Kurt Angle? It's not Kurt Angle. But he is the captain. Go again. I think you can. I think you is can. Is it get Braun it. Strowman? No, Justin, stop it. Get it right. Is it the Miz? It's not the Miz, Justin. <laughs> well, there's, there's literally no one on the team other than Angle and Strowman. So, Justin, what? the captain is Alicia Fox. Oh, right. She's the captain now. Sorry, I wasn't thinking about the women's yeah, uh, match. You were stuck on yeah. making fun of Nia Jackson's facial hair. <laughs> well, Surprised you didn't guess Nia uh, Jackson. Alicia Fox has a beard, too. You never whoa, know. Whoa. They might all have beards. Whoa, and with that, I think we better move on over <laughs> to, to round, round number three. Round three. Fight. <laughs> Justin, have you ever been uh, released from a job before? Uh, yeah, technically I got let go from one last month. How did you feel about that? It really sucked ass. Yeah. They brought me in. Well, first they told me that they wanted to bring me in for a meeting, and I instantly knew there was something bad about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> why would we? Like, there's nothing that needs to be addressed in person unless it's really, really bad. Yeah, you could just email. Yeah, and then when I walked in, they brought in, like, my second manager also like i had two bosses okay they, they like invited the second one in and i was like oh i'm for sure getting fired <laughs> uh but yeah they said it had nothing to do with performance it just was uh the way the cookie crumbled but interestingly enough justin you took your talents you went somewhere bigger and better i i already was working somewhere bigger and better already well it would have worked better for the narrative of this round if you just so got along with what i said it'd be like if i was in wwe 
but also working at TNA at the same time. And then TNA was like, hey, you're done. And I was like, oh, that... I kind of liked working here, but I guess I already worked I at got WWE. This. I got this other thing. <laughs> Justin, do you know where this is heading? Yes. Emma uh, Summer Rae. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about who should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly episode. <laughs> uh, for those of you who may not know, Emma Summer Rae and Darren Young all got released by WWE this week. Yeah. And I want to take this one person at a time. We only got 15 minutes here, so we'll spend maybe... Uh, Here's the person I think we're going to talk about the least here. What do you think uh, Summer Rae is going to do? Oh, I thought Darren Young would be the person we'd talk about. I think least. Darren Young's interesting. I'll touch on that okay. in a second. Well, well, we'll start with Summer Rae then. And I will say, you know, you mentioned that she was an obvious candidate because she's been off TV for a long time and she's not somebody that we think about. But I do think about Summer Rae. I think we both are Summer Rae apologists because in a way. Because I think she's not that bad in the ring. I actually think she's pretty good in there. She's had some good matches with Emma and Paige. And yeah, people don't give her enough credit for really being a good heel for Paige in particular. Like mm-hmm. That's when I remember thinking Paige had something, was that Summer Rae feud. Now, while I don't agree that she ever was much in the ring, I thought she had a lot of character and as a valet. Yeah, had a, a great, great actress. Yeah. She was one of the lone bright spots of that interminable... <sighs> Endless, awful <laughs> Rusev Dolph Ziggler feud. Now oh, Rusev was, was also a bright spot in that feud because he was very funny as well. But uh, Rusev and, and Summer together were great. Hot Summer, yeah, very very good. And she was wonderful as like someone trying to adopt the look and mannerisms of Lana. Yeah, and like she, like it's very unfortunate that that performance in that feud when it ultimately dissolved at the end of the way it did because of Rusev and Lana getting engaged in real life. Right. And being uh, punished for it. Yeah, like that that should have springboarded her into a bigger acting role because she did that well there, I think. Sure. Like there sh- there should be uh, you know, like, she could have been the GM of Raw, even, yeah. and I would have been into that. I think we both share on the show, we've answered this in listener questions before, we both like valets and managers and wish that they could be used a little bit more. Yeah. I think there was a lot of legs for Summer Rae in a role like and that. And my ex-girlfriend's cousin was the villain in the Marine 4 moving uh, target. Okay. And so when Great we, movie. When we were dating, we like went out and played pub trivia with him, and I asked him a lot about Miz and Marie, uh, not Maurice, rather, Miz Summer and Summer Rae, and uh, he was saying that he still kept in touch with uh, Danielle. Danielle Monet. Moignet or something like that. Moignet. She has a, yeah, that might be right. Monnet? She's a French name. Regardless. Yeah, I'm, I'm half ESL. We'll call, so we'll call her Summer Ray. Yeah. Uh, he, he still kept in touch with her quite a bit and that she was actually concerned that she wasn't going to be able to return to the ring because she had been out with a back injury or a spinal injury that was like a, apparently very serious, like the same extent of severity and seriousness as like Nikki Bella. Oh wow, I and didn't wh- know that. Where there's like a lot of uh, retirement rumors and fear about Nikki Bella, like we never heard anything about Summer Rae sure. even being injured in the first place. But she was able to return, and she was ready to come back and get back in the ring again, and they just never gave her that opportunity because I don't think she was on TV like ever again outside of maybe an appearance on like main event, which I don't watch I don't and even don't know even if follow she results for. So uh, a missed opportunity, and I think she, you know, her post-release tweet said that she would go find somewhere to make an impact. Oh, uh, what do you think so, she means? 
You know, I definitely think we're going to see her on Ring of Honor pretty soon. Yeah, I think. Or New yeah. Japan, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Summer Rae is going to be the <laughs> dominant uh, <laughs> gaijin uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> in New Japan. Oh, yeah. That for sounds good. sure. That no, sounds good. Definitely a missed opportunity. And if she wants to continue wrestling, uh, she could do that. But I think there's Does she probably, have a future in wrestling? There's probably room for her to just become an actress and yeah. do that instead, too. I don't feel like you like, see Summer Rae wrestle again. Do you feel that way? Uh, she might. Honestly, if she popped up in TNA, it would not surprise me at all. Well, but she's very attractive and very talented and probably could just be an actress and, and leave the ring behind. I agree. Uh, let's move on to the next person here, Justin. Somebody I think is a little more likely you see wrestle again, and that's uh, No Days Off Darren Young. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about his wrestling future. Honestly, yeah, I never thought he was that good in the ring. Obviously, like I liked the primetime players. Really, they were. I mean. Not really. I hate the primetime players. Uh, it was a fun shtick, the two of them together. Yeah, the dance. Yeah. And no, and no. they were good foils for, like, early heel New Day. It's pretty clear that uh, he was holding Titus down at this point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he seemed... Like, Titus is not somebody that I really enjoy in the ring very much either. Yeah. But he seems to be so important to the company from, like, a spokesperson point of view, yeah. that he probably has a job for life, basically. I've said it so many times on the show. Who has more personality than Titus? Probably no one. He's just oozing personality. But at the same time, I feel like Darren Young is probably in that category also, where, like, as an openly gay wrestler, like, he has so much PR appeal. Yeah. And, like, look, as we talked about with Rob earlier, like, this is a company that, like you know, is nakedly awful about the things that they will do for good press. Yeah. And so just employing a guy because he's openly gay, like, to have, like, a token gay guy on your roster is not out of the realm of possibility for a company that has openly <laughs> said that philanthropy is the future of PR. Certainly not. Uh, and, like, it's it's and he was such a good spokesperson also. Yeah. Like, the very last thing that he ever did as a WWE employee was go to a game of my favorite NBA team, the LA Clippers. Oh, yes, who were having Clipper Mania. Uh, it was like a WWE themed I remember this. game that yeah. they did this past Saturday. And and uh, Darren Young was there along with Becky Lynch, The Miz, and Enzo Amore. Those are your four spokespeople to go promote uh, the Raw that's going to be at uh, the Staples Center in it's a pretty few good months. Foursome. And also just to be there to have like a fun wrestling themed party night at a Clippers game. Uh, and, you know, we were talking earlier about Miz being a babyface. He's very much a babyface in that appearance. <laughs> sure. He's like giving kids his icy belt to carry. Oh my goodness, stuff. really? Like, Enzo is not taking off his cruiserweight title at all. Yes. But Miz definitely wants the kids to hold the icy belt. Legit. That's cool. So, uh, But yeah, he was a great spokesperson for that. And like, also just very strange that you would send somebody out to make a big PR promotional appearance like that and then fire them the very next day. That is like, weird. Like 12 hours later. I don't want to come across as one of these revisionist histories. Darren Young was great. All this sort of the acting like I like Darren Young. I don't really care about yeah. Darren Young. Because like, Bo- his Bob Backlund run was awful. Pretty flat, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought Backlund actually kind of shined through in those. Well, I, I the, liked... pro- the problem with that was that they were never actually in the same room together. Yeah, what was that? There's so much There's... legs for like actual training footage yeah. between the two of them. And instead we just got like green screen stuff of two people 
who could have been in like different countries for all we know. So you're saying no Darren Young wrestling in the future? You I don't mean, see I it. just don't. I never thought he was that good in the ring. Yeah, uh, but his... does he draw? Like, I don't even think for an indie, adding Darren Young to your card really adds that much. Does he sell tickets at the indie level? Uh, probably not. I kind of feel like a no. Not as le- not in like the way that like a local indie can add a name guy and that's like right. your main eventer. You know why I think I'm defending but Darren if, Young But I think bit? if he was like on the undercard of a local show, I'd probably go to it. I think all I'm thinking of is that uh, Marty Skrull finishes with the chicken wing in such cool ways that you know we're never going to see Darren Young do it in a cool way, which yeah. is a shame. But I think the person we think is most likely to probably keep on wrestling is Emma. Agree? Absolutely. Yeah, or Emmalina, if you like. Um, no, I don't like <laughs> Who do you think is more likely to show up in Ring of Honor, Emma or Emmalina? Well, probably neither of them. It'll be a new character altogether. How much of this release is to blame on WWE? What if they just call her, like, Amy? <laughs> like, reverse <laughs> the name. <laughs> Let's go backwards. <laughs> That's actually very good. That's a good joke. Yeah. Um, she was very mishandled, yes? Absolutely. And this is a conversation that we've had with our friends over the course of the last little while as well. Xavier, uh, you know, the ultimate heel. I hate him, but I can't dispute this point. Emma is definitely responsible for elevating the game of the women's division. And look, our friend who we had on the show just a couple weeks ago, uh, Ian Williams. Ian Williams. Yeah. wrote the same thing. Yeah. that she was a pioneer of this division, and then was forced to sit on the sidelines and watch it take off without her. Yeah, uh, I think that she doesn't get her due credit there, and I think there are some very good Emma matches. I'm not. I'm not one of these diehards who thinks that it was this great loss losing Emma. I think, especially when you see these May Young Classic influx starting to come in, I think you're going to see more of it. It's like, just to me. Her final run in NXT, in particular, after she got sent back down. Yeah. They really struck gold with the dark, like, evil Emma character with the gloves and the shoulder pads and the aviator sunglasses. Yeah. And Dana Brooke is her sidekick. That, that was money. That was a money act yeah. that you could have put on the main roster, and that is a main event heel in either of the SmackDown or Raw women's divisions. You know what, Just I actually need to retract what I just said. You're right about that. That was, that was and very top end. And then she just yeah. got injured, right. and they took Dana away and gave her to Charlotte. Yeah, that went well. And then... And then we're like, look, she still could have been Evil Emma without an assistant, or just get Bliss to be her assistant. Yeah, and then Anything, and then really. ultimately turns on her. Like it, the the storyline that we didn't get with Charlotte and Dana because Dana can't wrestle. Yeah, like we could have got that. Not. We could have got that with Emma. And Alexa, which would have been excellent. Dana can't wrestle is an understatement of the decade, by the way. But it's crazy that she's still in the company and Emma is not. <laughs> yeah, it is insane. It makes me wonder if there were attitude issues backstage or something. Because it just seems like a whole crop of women who are worse than Emma. Alicia Fox, it Dana It just seems Brooke, like the one person who didn't Tamina. like her was Vince. Yeah, it might it might be true. Because I think fans do have an appreciation of what she did. So where does Emma go now, Justin? Do you think you see her pop up somewhere in another federation? I don't... Like, it's... Here's what I would say that her release could be a positive. Okay. And this is putting a lot on her. Like, okay. This is, this, is, this is expecting an enormous amount. I... Go because ahead. Because there isn't really the clear path to independent stardom le- leaving WWE for women the same way that there is... For men. No, like, true. It's Cody Rhodes can leave the company and go do 
any number of different things in different companies and and you know ring of honor is still a big thing and new japan is obviously very large those are huge places for him to go and he has gone there yes there's not really that equivalent in women's yeah the you know? tna knockouts but and now she, women of honor she could be somebody that raises that bar yeah i actually i couldn't agree more i think as ring of honor this year has really been trying to make the women of honor yeah. a bit more of a thing and there's room for her to elevate other indies by going back to them as well for sure like she could go to shimmer yep. and raise the profile of shimmer she could go to stardom in japan and and be a big deal in japan there as well and Take the, like basically do exactly what Cody did, and be a part of this women of honor thing as well. Just take as many bookings as you can while being tied to one large company like Ring of Honor. Yeah, and then your star kind of floats all boats. Yeah, she can be that rising tide for the independent push uh, that women's wrestling is currently undergoing. There I isn't really like a star face of it. And no. she has the opportunity to be that. Yeah, I don't see a reason why, and not to just completely ape what you said, but I don't see a reason why she can't be the female Cody Rhodes. It's not like the talent isn't there, the look isn't there, or the mic skills aren't there. She can do all those things. Well, I don't think she's a A-tier competitor. I think she's good enough. She's certainly as good as Cody Rhodes is as a man on the women's side. Yeah. Like, she can do everything very serviceably. I'd like to see her go somewhere. I hope it isn't the end of Emma. And, you know, if she ends up making her way back to WWE, I think that's an interesting story. Because, like, I don't want to see her go to TNA and then just be in the knockouts division exclusively. No. You really need to do what Cody is doing uh, yes. and hit as many places as possible and build your reputation by just being everywhere. That's kind of the play. And if she can do that, then maybe she opens the door for other people who are being misused to be able to follow her on the women's side as well because that's not really an avenue that we ever consider when we no. talk about people leaving the company. I'll simplify what you said just Never go to TNA. Just don't. Don't even. Just don't even. I mean, it's a pretty easy paycheck for like seven days of work a year. I guess, but man, it, it has poisoned some people. I mean, careers go there to die. It feels like the pet cemetery of good wrestling careers. Uh, it killed the law this week, too. But oh, hey, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. We might just in the Twitter mailbag. Yeah, let's get into some some big questions, some questions from people who listen. Yeah. Thank you for sending these in as always. Listener questions always a pleasure. I really like uh, I like talking about them. I like having fun. Uh, life's good. Well, you've come a long way. Yeah, from being in a really bad place at the beginning of this. I am having a shit week. <laughs> But but I like I said I want right this now. podcast to be escapism yeah. and I'm happy. Absolutely. I'll also spend time with my Perfect. hashtag good friend uh, young J Mo Morissette. Yeah, hashtag good friends. Yeah, just you ready for our first question this week? I sure am. This one comes to us, of course, from the the mailbag constant, the man with the plan. We got Foist to last, Michael J. Foist. He asks, "What match result made you most angry as a kid?" Who? That's difficult because I didn't. Really, I mean, I did order pay-per-views on occasion, but yeah, but most of my uh, experiences with wrestling as a kid is just Raw and maybe SmackDown eventually when it came along. Sure, and and especially when it was like the Russo era of Raw, <laughs> like there's so little emphasis on matches and outcomes, and it's all about larger stories. That yeah, it's difficult for me to actually remember any distinct results. That's very fair. 
Uh, I'm taking such an obvious answer okay. that it's, uh, I can't blame that answer. But I, I was 13 when WrestleMania X7 happened, and uh, Stone Cold shaking hands with Vince McMahon. I was genuinely, I remember, I think WrestleMania X7 was the first one I watched at my house, because I'd always go to my friend Jesse Penner's, his parents would buy them, but yeah. I remember watching it, and like, feeling like I didn't like the show. And now in hindsight, of course, X7, one of the, the very good WrestleManias, I have a poster up in my house of it, but I genuinely was so disappointed in Austin, that I was like, I, I might be done with, I'm 13, I'm yeah. like, I, I hate, that. what the fuck, my guy is this, I, I was I was aghast. I was pissed, and I was uh, already swearing off WWE Monday morning at school. I guess, like similarly, the ones that would piss me off the most because Austin was my guy as well uh, were like you know when the McMahons would conspire to cheat him uh, of right. the title. Like any time Austin lost the belt for nefarious <laughs> reasons was my most angry, and any time he won the belt back was, like, my most elated. Because I, I think I've mentioned this before. There's, like, a Raw main event title match that's Austin versus Undertaker. Yeah, you love this thing. And I, I do have really fond memories of it. You told me it's an awful match. It's not good. I shouldn't good. go back and watch Don't. it. Don't. But I just remember the sight of him winning that title at the end of Raw. Like, I fucking went crazy because, yeah. A... Austin had the belt again, and B, we just never get world title changes on Raw. Right, yeah, it must have felt extremely special. Uh, Austin and Undertaker are without a good match between them. It's very bizarre, just poor chemistry. Two guys who are good, but not good together. Huh, Which maybe, maybe they're like the, the Cena and Reigns of their day. D they might just be. Just why don't you hit me with a question? Sure, I would love to. Well, then please do it. This one comes to us from frequent mailbag contributor as well, Caitlin H. Hello. Loyal listener. Hello. Uh, I very much appreciate how she promotes the show every single week. I'm very Caitlin, thankful as thank well. Thank you so much Lovely for calling person. us the funniest boys in wrestling podcasting. That must be true. That's uh, Sure. Hey, I want to hear a joke? Sure. Oh, maybe we should just go to the question. All right. <laughs> she says, hello, both of you, please state what you think is your most divisive <laughs> wrestling opinion. Like what you 100% believe in, but nobody else does. I mean, I feel like everything I say is this. I mean, I, I could go anywhere with this, but I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go uh, with sort of a generality uh, sort of statement, okay? Okay. And they go together even though they may not seem like it out the gate. Okay. I think the Sandman is a good in-ring worker, and I think Scott Steiner is a good promo. Allow me to explain. Wrestling is sports entertainment. It is about being entertaining. Yeah. You can give me any cruiser. T Tony Nese, for example. Tony Nese is obviously a good in-ring worker. Yes, we agree. Yes. I don't give a fuck about his matches. Absolutely. My eyes are not on the TV. You throw the Sandman into any match, and my eyes are glued. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you might say that that isn't a level of technical proficiency, but I am being entertained watching somebody in the ring. The Sandman is a good in-ring worker. I also would apply the exact same line of thinking to Scott Steiner on the mic. He's not even saying sentences. He's just yelling and being jacked, and but it's see, awesome. I feel like we've had this debate before, and you <coughs> have an eventually agreed with me when it comes to Sandman, that he is bad at wrestling, but is a great wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a... Like, he understands the, like, the appeal. The moments. Yeah, and, the, like, more than most people, basically. Yeah. But even his haphazardness is exciting. Like, he's not a safe guy to be in the ring with. He's not a safe guy to be in the audience watching. <laughs> exactly. We've so. seen matches of his where... 
there are ladder spots where they are incredibly lucky that people in the audience were not like decapitated. The first basically. Sabu match, yeah. the ladder just goes flying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, mine would be, and I'm sure I have a zillion of these, like Dean Ambrose way better than Seth Rollins, but uh, the same. I, I don't think. Look, I know Caitlin is a very intelligent woman who loves Seth Rollins just like I do. Well, but those... I think there's a lot of ladies out there who love Dean as well. I'm so. just saying your guys' intelligence can be questioned. I'm just saying you're not alone in probably loving yeah. Dean the most. But I'm probably alone. There's a lot of Dean Ambrose fangirls, and you just happen to be one yes. who happens to be a boy. That is 100% true. <laughs> uh, so I guess my answer for this is the Sandman is a good in-ring wrestler. Okay. Well, I think uh, – I don't know. I was trying to think of what my most controversial opinion has been. Oh, and dude, we, you have a few. We – you know, we're in a wrestling chat group with yeah. our friends, so we yeah. talk about different topics all the time. Sure. I think my real lightning rod opinion that oh. I'm probably way off on my own, uh. out, out on a limb, as like the only person who would agree with this, uh, I said, and I still believe, that Hideo Itami has a higher ceiling than... Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I mean that's still a crazy ass thing to say, but I do want to I do want to defend that higher ceiling is an important qualifier there. You're just yes. saying that the the heights of Tommy can reach could be greater than the heights of Nakamura. If if they pushed him, if they gave him the opportunity, if they gave him the same opportunities that Shinsuke Nakamura has been afforded, he would do better with them. Okay. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I think that's that's crazy. I think but- he is a better in-ring worker. Sure. I think he is a better babyface. Okay. And I think he's a better heel. I mean, specifically, uh, significantly better heel, because I don't know that Shinsuke can do that at all. And honestly, just his ability to be a heel and potentially a top heel, I think, makes him uh, a higher overall potential ceiling. In your defense, he's also the better promo yeah. of the two. But Nakamura's look and charisma is just so... There's such a gap there. Yes. But then, but, hey. but then the bell rings, as they say. Oh, and, whoa! And and you know, I don't know. I like Shinsuke, but he. You think Atami's better? In he ring. needs work, and yeah, Atami. I I, I I I like Shinsuke Nakamura. I love Hideo Atami. Okay, I like it, Justin. So, you might. You be... think I'm wrong? Tweet at me at Justin Morris. Bring yeah, it. Tweet out. I'm gonna. I'll I might de- do I'll it. I'll right debate now. you. I might do it right now. I'll Here, debate you. You talk for a second. I'm gonna tweet at you, and then we can we can tweet back and forth. Justin, you ready for the third question? I am. Week? Yeah. This one comes from the Borgman Superfan Blair Pachico. And Blair asks, "What was your first experience with watching ECW?" Uh I mentioned last week on the show that my former roommate Graham Perkins. Oh yeah. Was a big ECW mark back yeah. in the day. And uh, that is my first experience is being over at Graham's house for like a sleepover. And we were playing, I can't remember if it was the original SmackDown for PlayStation or SmackDown 2 Know Your Role. Dude, these are magic nights, right? But one of those where we're just like staying up until like 3.30 in the the morning as like, you know, 13-year-olds or 12-year-olds. We should have a sleepover one of these nights. I mean, we technically do all the time. I just sleep on your couch and you go to bed. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess that is. You do sleep over. That's a good point. Okay. And I'm still like playing video games or watching wrestling and you're like, I'm going to bed. (laughs) That is exactly what happens. The only thing that would need to happen for it to be more like back in the day 
is like a more like chips and pop and candy. Okay, we can make that happen. And B, once you go to sleep, I like have full permission to go into your room while you're sleeping and like draw <laughs> dicks on you. Uh, permission granted. Yeah, <laughs> I agree to this. <laughs> that sounds very fun. Okay. Well, we'll do that at some point. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, back in the day, Graham and I, and probably our buddy Peter, would all sorry Peter or Pierre. Peter. Oh, I thought you said Pierre. Peter Dudley. Well, uh, shout out to Peter. What's up, uh, Pete? Uh, he, he works in special effects now. I see his name in the credits of movies. Well, good for him. Yes. Regardless. This is riveting. Yeah. He. Uh, Your childhood all, friend works in special effects. You yeah. Said. We all watched wrestling together. Could you talk more about <laughs> no, uh, Peter? No, no, no. We would create people. We'd be playing games with our creatives, much the same way that we all do with 2K18 yeah, yeah, yeah. today. Uh, and then one of those nights, Graham busted out like a VHS. That I don't know if he'd like bought from like a tape sale oh, at a video store, really? but he just had some like tapes of ECW. Fuck and we, yes! And we threw on, and I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what one single match was, but just like the craziest weapons and the most blood I'd ever seen. Do you remember life. your reaction to oh, it? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I think kids especially. It's just like it seems so radical. Yeah. And now you go back and watch hardcore matches, and it's like, why did I ever like this? This well, is fucking awful. Still love it. Uh, my answer's less... Hey, ECW matches, I'd still get down for. But, like, hardcore title era WWE hardcore matches... Not good. Not good at all. Very bad. Yes. Um, my answer's not as interesting, but I feel like I bring him up quite a bit on the show. My childhood friend Jesse, his dad was a big MMA and pro wrestling guy. Yeah, I does he like work in special effects now? I'm not going into him because that would be boring <laughs> content. Uh, he he got me into both uh, Pride FC, which led to me loving MMA, and I don't know that he watched a ton of WWE. I know Jesse did, who I was friends with, but his dad was a big ECW guy. And while, like you, I can't remember who was on the card or anything, I remember being there and feeling like, Oh, my parents! My parents wouldn't like that I'm watching this. Wow, this is uh, this is badass. And of course, you want to go to school the next day and talk about like, wow, I, you know, you're oh, you're watching that. That's cute. But wow, I saw the real shit the other night. So yeah, at my my friend Jesse's house growing up, and that was on a tape. I I don't. It might have been a pay per view. I, I don't remember. I think probably a tape, but I'm really not too sure. Yeah, I feel like when ECW was at the point where they were like on TNN. <laughs> yeah, it was that, too late. Yeah, that, yeah. That was not my first. That was not. That was not like the taste of ECW that would really hook you either. That's right. I don't know that they like watered it down for television or not, but I, how could you not? You yeah, know? you have to. Yeah, uh, Justin, I'm going to read this one because we have an email question this week. Okay. Um. Now, again, if this person, if you want me to say your name on the show, let me know because they don't sign it. It's just their email, and I don't know if they want their email read aloud. I wouldn't read it. Uh, yeah, me neither. But it's, Make it's, up a name for them. Yeah, uh, Randy. Peter Dudley. <laughs> it's Peter Dudley. <laughs> if only I knew what he did for a living. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> uh, what did I call him? Peter asks, what do you guys make of Leo Rush's tweet and the response to it? Um, I feel like we almost could have done a round on this yeah. this week in a slower news week. Yeah, or if we run out of time in that 15 minutes on the people who got let go, we could have brought it up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of a dumb thing, but yeah. not a not a bad point to make no. overall. No. Because, like, I, I mean, we talked about the fact, we didn't mention it on the show today, but we've talked about it privately, that, like, I really only liked those Asuka matches because it seemed like, oh, Emma actually got to do stuff. That right. probably means they're going to do something with her because they made her look good in those matches. Yeah. And then she gets released literally a week later. Yeah, the next possible instant. So, very, strange. very weird. Uh, but, you know, 
read the room a little bit. Probably. Yeah, it's like for those of not, a, not it's not seen. an awful joke. It's yeah. a pretty good joke. Yeah. For those of you who might not have seen, Leo Rush tweeted something to the effect of, that's what happens when you're when you're really not ready for Oscar, something to that effect, yeah. I- implying that Emma's release had something to do with it. With the matches. That's right. And he very much pissed off basically everyone. Everyone on earth, it yeah. seems like. Now listen, I, in a lot of culture, I'm not a guy to bury someone over a joke. He, mm. he, he was a... Uh, a rookie, and I think it speaks volumes that Re- William Regal and Mick Foley both released statements saying, "Guys, listen, he's, go he's, easy." Yeah, he's a 22-year-old yeah. who's new. He doesn't understand these inner workings. But shit, howdy, yeah. did boy get buried? Yeah, did, who were some of the guys shitting on him? Uh well, Peyton Royce was one of the ones I noticed. Who was like, "You're brand new here. Like, watch it. Go home." Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens. I know uh, uh, Bray Wyatt said you're not going to be able to run with the Wolves yeah, kid. Kevin Owens said that his brain melted reading it or something <laughs> like that. That's okay. Uh, that he thought it was so incomprehensibly stupid to say. Uh, a lo- even after Leo Rush like posted an apology saying, look, I was just making a, you know, a hack joke or whatever that yeah. had nothing to do with you know, the actual particulars, and I know it's a tragic thing that she got let go, and blah, blah, Like, he said all the right things afterwards. Correct. His apology. Yeah. And he still had people from, like, the cruiserweight division, even, like Jack Gallagher being like, no, that's not okay. Yeah, and I, I do get, there is something in wrestling culture where we've seen this before. The guy from Tough Enough, I think his name was Josh, did something like this a couple of years back, and it has happened. There is a piece of wrestling culture where it's like, you don't shit on one another. This is a, a brother and sisterhood, whatever you want to call well, it. I mean, yeah, they kind of have to be in it together, right? Sure. Like we, like we said, they don't have employee rights. No. So you really need to stick together and have each other's back. They're not in a union. They should unionize, but yeah, that's whoever spearheads that is, you know, really, really uh, causing trouble, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, you really need to be uh, mindful of that sort of thing, and and he wasn't. And uh, yeah, William Regal. He's the commissioner for a reason. Yeah. He really handled it, was a great it perfectly answer. by saying, like, these moments are for learning from, and you should not, like, uh, not give somebody the opportunity to redeem themselves. Let me just say that if you were one of the people who was really mad at Leo Rush for this. And you're not a wrestler. And you're not a wrestler. Then you you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to just go. And, How dare you? Stop acting like you're offended on Emma's but Like, get out of here, you bum. And if you're still mad at him, go watch him and Marty Skrull from uh, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view earlier this year. Because, woo, it rules. Same as him and Joey Janela from CCW once in a lifetime. Yeah. Well, uh, with that... I, we did not get a question from my roommate, Mike, other than him just yelling, you're a fool, when I brought up my Hideo Tommy. You really can't depend on that guy. Uh, but he said he was going to write in with the question about the law. Yes, yeah, uh, okay, so let's talk, talk about this. this, even though he didn't actually write in, because he's a fucking lazy-ass bum. That is true. Yeah. Uh, did j- I say that loud enough that he could hear it? That he's a lazy bum <laughs> who should have wrote in with a question like he said he would. Yeah, he's a bad person. My phone died. <laughs> oh, wow, his phone died. <laughs> Mike, do you want to ask the question on air? Okay, here. Here, Justin, I'll give him my mic. Okay. I'll give Mike my mic. I'm walking over to him now. Mike lives with Justin. Mike, can you ask this question live on air, please? Wow, debut. I can hear myself. This is crazy. Um, how by surprise did the law news take you? Because it just seemed like very out of nowhere. And do you completely believe the rumors and speculation that it was directly related to Anthem bleeding money because of Impact Wrestling? All right. Good question. Good question, Mike. Yeah. Thanks. Wonderful. Mike Noble, everybody, at Bike Melon on Twitter. 
He's a he's a bike model also. <laughs> yeah, bike model Mike <laughs> Mallon. Okay. Uh, so for those of you who may not have seen uh, the Law, long-standing radio program uh, here in Canada. Do you know how long it ran for, Jess? Uh, more than twenty years. Over it was twenty originally years. Originally founded by Jeff Merrick back in the day. Who's Is now that true? United in Canada. Yeah. I didn't know that. So uh, more, yeah, more than twenty years. Uh, they were celebrating their twentieth anniversary this year, actually. So, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and a long-standing Sunday night. Wrestling radio institution. Definitely. Like Dave Meltzer called in every week. Every it's, week, Dave Meltzer. It's, it's, and it, they'd take calls from all over the, the globe. Callers yeah, from the from same Australia, five people every time. Callers from Australia, callers from all over the United States. They, you know, it callers was a Canadian, from mental hospitals. It's a Canadian wrestling like. show based out of Toronto, but clearly had an international appeal. Yes. Uh, and I have gone on the record on this show multiple times saying that I fucking hate the actual radio show. Yeah, it sucks. I haven't listened in years. It's, it's as much because as I should love a Canadian wrestling show. Jason Agnew and Dan the Mouth Lebransky. Which one's wrestling, Jay? They drive me insane. They are... They just have the worst opinions. <laughs> and uh, I cannot stand listening to that show. So... Uh, you know, when Pollock put out a statement in the morning. Saying, John Pollock, host of a uh, bunch of wrestling podcasts. Review a Raw, review a SmackDown, review away. Bauer and Pollock. Bauer and Pollock. No, numerous shows. Great, great podcaster and great MMA analyst. Also. Good M- MMA analyst. I like his MMA coverage. Uh, he announced on Monday morning that he that today was his last day working at the Fight Network and the law, and that he wished them the best in the future or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and my joke off the top was, oh, maybe he finally listened to the show last night. Because <laughs> I did, and it was really bad. He um, does feel like the best guy on a terrible ship. Yeah. Uh, but they cleaned house with everybody. That's right. Uh, and, and Pollock's podcasts are very good. And he has already continued them with Way independently. They're kind of looking for a home eventually. But, you know, look... The law was like built into a podcast network, pretty much entirely by John Pollock, yeah. who reached out to all of these different people across the globe and gave them shows under the law banner. Uh, and some of them were very good. Like I've talked before about how Keep It Two Thousand um, with Brian Mann and Nate Milton is yep. like one of my favorite shows. I I, I really Besides look top forward marks. to it. Yeah, I mean it's bi-weekly, so uh. it happens every two weeks. <laughs> So, yeah. This I mean, show would be amazing if we only did it every exactly, other week. Imagine how good it'd be. Exactly. Be We'd listenable. Save all of our best stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's sad on the one hand because you never want to see people lose their jobs, especially yeah. in broadcasting, which is an industry that I work in. I never want to cheer for layoffs in my own no. industry. At the same time, it was an awful radio show. <laughs> uh, so, good riddance, I guess. But And the, all of the podcasts that I enjoy will continue like they will like Pollock could even just go behind a paywall I and think be like okay. I'm we're putting our everything that we always used to do on Patreon and if you pay five bucks a month you get all of our review shows like you always would he would be huge on Patreon immediately I would pay for it, and yeah. I don't pay for shows that I do like really, really love, like Chapo Trap House. I don't pay for that. Wow, wow. I won't so. tell them. I'll say this, Justin. I think the show wasn't worth its weight in dog shit, but I do think that wrestling being on a major broadcast network is cool, 
And so for that, I am sad for the death of it. I hope those guys obviously find jobs, except for Dan the Mouth of Levansky, who I hope is unemployed and starves. Yeah. Uh, I hope Agnew gets hit by a bus. Yeah. So so besides that, <laughs> uh, now Justin, what of my part of my, second part of Mike's question? These these rumors that it is because the Fight Network's parent company Anthem, who is now the I think principal but not entire owner of TNA, yes, is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, principal owner of TNA that they're just hemorrhaging money. Yeah. The irony that they bought this company to provide their own network with international content. Yeah. Specifically international, because within Canada, they had the rights to a bunch of different UFC things. But when they put the station out internationally, they don't have those UFC rights. Sure. So they were really banking on this to be content that could float them, basically, and they could do less desk analysis stuff move away from that and move more into being a wrestling MMA channel. And it is a dope channel, yeah. to be clear. And in doing so, they've basically crippled their ability to have like a draw in yeah. terms of talent that you can only get at the Fight Network. Right. Like Pollock was that. And if they don't realize that or did realize it but just couldn't afford it, they've clearly made a huge mistake. Yeah, I agree. So so I do hope those people all land on their feet. And it like, seems very believable. How that could you possibly be surprised that a company that doesn't tour, does not draw money from paying audience members, doesn't do maybe does two pay per views a year, makes almost no money off of its North American T V agreement, uh Pays people like full time salary, d- despite the fact that they work like maybe ten days a year. Like how and and it's just a constant revolving door of hiring and firing old washed up WWE talent. How could anyone be surprised that that company is clearly just bleeding money all the time? Because like Billy Corgan has it figured out to yep. just buy the rights to the NWA and start from scratch. The only thing that was attractive about TNA is the fact that it had a TV deal. On pop TV. And Jeff Jarrett, who tried to get something going with GFW, recognized how difficult that is to do to get a TV deal. But he's also Jeff Jarrett, you know? It's not surprising that a guy who showed up drunk to events all the time and got fired by Global Force or by... Uh, Anthem, Impact. rather, yeah. uh, for being just a drunk, un- inde- undependable fuck-up. Yeah, how dare they? Like Being a drunk person is cool and fun. It's, it's, it's not inconceivable that television <laughs> networks could not also pick up on how unreliable and stupid this person was and not want to give him a TV deal. So I'm just saying it's probably possible that a wrestling company can get a TV deal as long as Jeff Jarrett is not involved. So maybe you just start from scratch and like that's what Anthem should have done in the first place. Completely reworked the entire business model of TNA because none of it is sustainable. But they just decided to absorb this company and continue running as normal and they're killing themselves, which is no surprise to anyone. Yeah, but but how do you feel about TNA? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, that'll do it for this week's episode of Top Marks. Uh, Justin, anything you'd like to say to the people? Oh, big thanks to Rob Russo. Man, he's good. Yeah, Yeah, great Twitter follow again. That's Rob Russo on Twitter. Uh, Not spelled like Vince Russo. That was just a joke I was making. He's more of a French-Canadian spelling. R-O-U-S-S-E-A-U. That was very good for off the top of your head. Yeah. 
I was just imagining it. Yeah, many thanks to him. <laughs> uh, many thanks to you, Justin. I always have so much fun doing this. I'm in a better mood than when I arrived. So and hopefully uh, you'll be in a great mood as well because we're both going to take off and go watch the Whitecaps in the NLS playoffs. Oh, my so goodness. If I they could excited. win, I think our moods would be pretty good, I right? think I would be feeling and very I think good. a Whitecaps playoff win would probably be like spicy a little bit. Well, I think, I think it would be more so be hot because oh. things are hot. Yes, true. It would be very hot to see them win. Yes. And then I'm going to go watch at a bar. I'm probably going to get some wings. Oh, what kind are, of wings? That are spicy. Uh-huh. But will those wings taste great? I think they will because they're, they're curry men! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! <laughs> Titus Worldwide!